All right, everybody, welcome back to Trails to the Cross. It's been a while since I created one of these. Um, I'm here with my good friend, Michael, whose last name I'm not sure how to pronounce. Pack. Pack. Good. Pack. I've, been, I've been doing it right. <laughs> All right, Michael, say hello to everybody. Tell us something What's about up, yourself. What's up, guys? Um, I'm Michael. Uh, I'm from California. And, you know, it's a really interesting time to be alive right now and so i'm glad that we're doing this you know it's really easy to lose focus on like what's important and so even this is good for me you know just starting off my day it's it's the morning still so just starting off my day just talking about you know maybe my faith my life and that kind of stuff so awesome so i'm gonna ask you uh i'm gonna ask you a few questions about life in california right now i know we talked about a little bit before we hit record um but what's it like out there i know you're on lockdown pretty good and um it's interesting it's interesting because i definitely feel a disconnect between state and like federal and like even just city mandates you know um la itself is like a very big county and so uh, like the mayor is always making these like mandates but then like i'm on the outskirts out, like i'm on the outskirts and like i'm like outside of la county and so like i don't technically have to follow LA mandates but then I have to follow California mandates so it's getting real confusing a lot of them are like suggestions right um, and I don't it's hard to keep track of what's official and what's not official and with social media and all this stuff like there's so much like misinformation going out there and so like you don't know like what you see on the internet is actually true or not right and so it's kind of crazy I think the bottom line is a lot of people are trying to social distance um, and stay inside. That looks, to me, that looks really different for different people, which I don't think is good because I think everyone, if they're trying to do something, they should be on the same page, right? So if you're trying to social distance, like, um, then you shouldn't be going out and like hanging out with your friends, right? Like right. having huge gatherings at your friend's house because like, First of all, that's you're not having physical distance, but second of all, like social distance is like social distance. Like it's in the definition, it's in the name. So, you know, I don't know if it's going to be that effective. Like I think the other day they showed a picture of Santa Monica Beach and um, there was like so many people at the beach just rebelling, right? Like, and they can't do anything about it. Like they can't send the police out. They can't they don't have enough manpower to just like go out and tell these people like, Hey, go back home. Right. You know? So it's really interesting. Um, I don't know what to make of it, but it's been, it's been affecting everyone's life. Like no matter where you at in life, you know? Yeah. And, and it's the same way down here. I live out in the County and uh, the city is much stricter. Like uh, our church is shut down right now because of, uh, you can't have gatherings of more than 10 people. And, uh, but out here in the county, they don't have the restrictions. So, I, you know, I passed the church Sunday that uh, parked a lot was full. And uh, wow. our beaches, they've shut our beaches down. Uh, all access is restricted to the beaches. They did that before spring break hit. And uh, trying to, to uh, deter that, Biloxi is really big, especially in the black community. A lot of the black community comes down here for spring break. But, uh, wow. but yeah, it, it's weird because, you know, uh, out in the county, I got one set of rules to go by. Then I go into the city, I have a different set of rules to go by. And you're dry coughing on camera. No. 
<laughs> I just choked on my own saliva. <laughs> I did that at the grocery store the other day, and a woman standing behind me in line. I swear, backed up ten feet and gave me a weird look. <laughs> the the problem is I'm Asian and I'm coughing. You know, <laughs> it's worse. It's worse. So, so what are you doing during your isolation, <laughs> your uh, quarantine? I mean, I because like I got a farm. I, I've been spending all day out in the backyard working in the plants, working with the animals. Yeah, yeah. So, um, pretty much most of the day, I'm just inside the house, you know, trying to be productive. Um, productivity looks different for everyone. You know, it depends on like what you kind of view as important, right? So, some people are like spending time um, building businesses or just learning um, how they're going to make more money in the future, or whatever. Some people view productivity as like getting to know their family better right like becoming closer with their family spending better quality time um so for me every morning i try to um you know exercise a little bit get my blood flowing because otherwise i just feel groggy the rest of the day if i'm not just like walking around try to get some sun um so i do some exercise and oh my gosh i do some exercise and basically I just eat breakfast, do some reading, and yeah, I don't know. There's not much to do. You've been putting out some good content on uh, Twitter, I know, as far as... Yeah, so basically my Twitter content just kind of comes from, like, my life, you know? It's like what what I kind of view as, like, what's been working for me, right? Um, And if something works for me, I'm sure it's going to work for someone else. And so I just put it out there. Um, Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm just... I'm just trying to learn Facebook ad tips uh, tweet this morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I've been really learning because in my head, like a lot of businesses are, are going to have to move online. Right. Um, There's no physical foot traffic going on right now in America. Right. And everyone's on their computer at home or on their phones. They're just bored out of their minds. And so what's the best way to reach them? probably advertising on like the biggest platforms, right? Facebook, Google, um, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. So I've been just like looking into that. I've already kind of known how to do it, but like I'm really mastering it now, if that makes sense. Right. That's good. That's good. You uh, thinking about any, any eBooks or courses or anything like that or? Um, Not right now because I think I'm kind of just focused on building my business, you know? So is that um, what Pack Media is? That is it's a marketing agency, digital marketing. Yeah. So what we do is we basically help a lot of businesses just move online and just help them out with their online um, sales process and stuff like that. Because you'd be surprised, or maybe you're not surprised, but a lot of businesses, they do really well through word of mouth, reputation, like referrals, that kind of stuff. But they they don't really know what's going on online because um it's just very old-fashioned right right it's like they built their business before this kind of stuff was there and so like they don't know much about it right right so that's that's what i kind of do i just help a lot of businesses you know um that looks different for every business you know i gotta like cater to like their market you know what they need the most what i think is the most effective strategy but that's essentially what my my agency does I may, have, I may have to hit you up for uh, 
my candles and soap company. <laughs> get get some get some sales going. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, I have one more question. Hold on here. Let me see if I can find it. Then I'm going to start hitting you with the hard stuff. All right. So what happened when you sent your mom that video of you lighting a pretzel? <laughs> All right, that's that's I'll, off the I'll wall. Right. That's not my question. But. It was my, I think it was my junior or senior year in college, and I was eating these pretzels, and like they were just, um, they look like sticks, right? Yeah. Um, but to me, I was staring at it, and I was like, "Wow, this kind of looks like, like a blunt, like a tobacco wrapped, like either like cig- cigarette or like weed, whatever." It didn't matter because to her, it's all bad, right? Right. (laughs) So I'm looking at him like, wow, you know what? This could be real interesting. This could be a real interesting experience. And so I I grab a lighter and I'm like, I record myself and I just light the pretzel, um, but it looks like I'm smoking. And I record it and I send it to my mom. I'm like, oh, it's going to be so funny. Um, She's going to think I'm smoking, all this stuff. But then at the end of the video, it's very obvious that I'm eating a pretzel, you know? Right. And so she she didn't even finish the video. She didn't get to the pretzel <laughs> part. <laughs> and she was just like blowing up my phone, like calling me. And I was like, oh no. She's like, and I went to school, I went to college in Philly, right? Which is like five, six hour plane flight right. from California where I live. And so she was like, you know, I'm going to fly over there or I'm going to fly you back. Like we're going to have a long conversation, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, mom, please just finish the video. Like, <laughs> And I was like, I have all these regrets in my head. I'm like, oh, my gosh. She's like threatening with me with like all this absurd stuff. And I'm like, it was good, though. You know, like I'm always like having fun with my mom. I think it's a part of our relationship that I really enjoy. It's like it's not just like mom, son, like very serious stuff. You know, right. it's like a lot of Asian cultures. It's like the parent and the child relationship is like it lacks a lot of like that intimate love kind of stuff yeah, it's that, more of just like a respect hierarchy you know right yeah there's like definitely a stereotype elder. around that yeah yeah i'm sure you've seen it in like movies or tv shows right. or whatever but yeah and so we ha- i have this kind of relationship where i just joke around with her a lot she jokes around messes with me you know we get mad at each other because sometimes the jokes are just like ridiculous you know it's just like that's not even a joke you just went too far but you know it's nice we can just joke around you know it's kind of friendly but at the same time we keep the relationship where it's like she's my mom you know she's not my friend and so it it works all right so my other question was you posted about the la rams new uh new logo oh my gosh it's so bad (laughs) Yeah, that's what I wanted to get your your thought on that. I'm like one of the two L.A. Charger fans in the entire world, okay? Like, our fan base, like, is so small. Like, I don't know why anyone would like the Chargers. I just like them because um, I'm all about loyalty, and so I liked them as a kid, and I was like, I can't just ditch them, you know? So I'm an L.A. Chargers fan, and as you know, or maybe you don't know, but their, their colors are blue and yellow, you know? Right. And it's just like... Oh yeah, my this wife was LA. a huge San Diego fan when she was there. Yeah, yeah very mad. Exactly. They very mad. They went to LA. She don't pull for Everyone was mad. <laughs> LA just takes everybody, you know. Um, but this LA Rams logo comes out, and it looks like 
it doesn't say Rams on it, you know, it just says LA and like the Chargers are LA Chargers now. And so like I'm just like, wow, like I don't know what they're thinking. Like if I looked at that and I didn't know, like I think that's a Chargers logo, you know? Right. And second of all, it's just ugly. Like I I don't think it looks good. So Yeah, when you posted I it, I was like, I could have made that. I mean Yeah, it it just looks cheap and you know, they probably spent millions of dollars creating that logo. And it's just like wow. Yeah, they had really wasted money. They still do focus groups and marketing. Um, definitely, definitely, yeah. All right, so now now that we got all that small talk out of the way, as you know, this is a Christian uh, show. So my first question to you on changing subjects is: You're saved, correct? I am saved. All right. Uh, would you like to share the story of uh, when and how that came about? Yeah. Um, so basically, I don't think I've really honestly gone in depth talking about this with anybody. So this will be interesting. Um, I would say for the most part, I have a very like Timothy testimony um, where it's nothing crazy like a Paul testimony, right? Where like, I'm just like, out there like murdering people and I, and I came to Jesus, you know, like it's more of like, I grew up in the church, you know? Um, so your whole family's Christian. My whole family's Christian. Thank goodness. Um, and when I was younger, like, obviously I'm sure everyone's like this, but it's like, there's a lot of times where I just didn't want to go to church and my parents forced me. And like now looking back, I'm like, I'm glad they forced me to go, you know, right. even if I didn't want to, they're like, you live under our roof, you follow our rules. And I was like, okay, fine. And so I went to church every Sunday. Not that that matters. Um, but they forced me to go to church every Sunday. I grew up in the church and I knew everything about the Bible, right? Like, so basically I had a bunch of like this head knowledge. And so I thought I was Christian because I just knew um, everything in the Bible, all the stories, right? And I believe there was God and Jesus. And so I was like, okay, I'm Christian, you know, but then I went to high school. Um, my faith was pretty strong throughout the beginning of high school. And then towards the second half of high school, I began to notice girls, you know, and that was, that was a real wrench in my life because um, it didn't affect my life from a performance standpoint. Like I still did well in school and all that stuff. But in terms of, like, my mindset, like, it kind of drifted, you know? Right. Like, my focus was no longer, like, okay, um, my priorities are not, like, church and all that stuff. My priority is, like, oh, how do I make myself the most attractive to girls? You know, it's, like, I was going in that stage, like, I was hitting, like, peak puberty. And, like, I was, like, wow, like, how do I attract as many girls as possible, whatever, Um and so that happened and then I went to college and like everything started going downhill from there in terms of like my faith. Um, it was the first time I think my faith was really tested because first of all, school was really hard. Um, I went to the university of Pennsylvania. It's a very competitive school. Um, it's an Ivy league school. I don't really tell people, I don't know if a lot of people know, but I went to an Ivy league school for my education. I, I don't, I don't wear that as a label, you know, I try to like, when people meet me, I try to be like, Hey, 
Like I, I went to college. Great. Like I don't tell them because, right. you know, I don't want to be identified as like that. So, but anyway, I was in college. It was real hard. You know, I went to Philadelphia. I knew zero people. So I had to make brand new friends, um, which was the first time I had to do that in my entire life. And, you know, it was really rough. I think I went through like a lot of like depression and stuff like that and just anxiety because, you know, I just, I was lost. And it wasn't so much like spiritually lost, but like I just had no direction for my actual life, you know? Right. And so in a way I was spiritually lost because I had this ideal of God, you know, in my head. And I was like, I'm going to hold on and everything's going to be okay because God's got me. But there was no practicality behind it. It was just blind faith in some God that I didn't truly understand, you know, which is not a bad thing, but like, it was not grounded in any sort of like strong theology, you know, it was just kind of just like, I'm just holding on to something. Um, and so I like kind of, I would escape like my depressive bouts with like, you know, drinking with my friends all the time, you know, um, I used to like smoke weed just to escape. And I don't tell people this, but now I am, you know, I used to escape by uh, just partying and stuff like that. And I came to a really low point in my life and I went on this, I wouldn't call it a mission trip. It was, it was a mission trip, but like I went to basically, I went to like Istanbul and a bunch of countries over there. I think about a month. Right. And all we did, me and my group, all we did is we went there and every single day we woke up, we read the Bible and ate breakfast. And then, we walked around every city just worshiping and praying for people in public 24 seven for like a month straight every single day. And like at first that was like my nightmare, you know, like before I couldn't even like pray in public before my meals, you know, like, and then they're telling me, okay, walk around like Buckingham palace in London and start worshiping God. And, you know, like the UK, like London is super secular. Like it's crazy because most of the modern world Christianity came from like the UK, right? Like they used to send so many missionaries out, but now it's like that's becoming a spot where like missionaries have to go back to. And, you know, it's become so secular. The church is dying the fastest rate in London. And so... I was scared. Like people are giving me weird looks because I'm singing out loud and walking around. I look like a crazy person. You know, look, there's always those people on the streets that look crazy. You know, I was like, dang, I look like one of those people. Um, But after like two days, you know, it just became so normal. And I, I felt so at peace. You know, I was like, I stopped caring about what other people like thought about me. You know, I just started caring about like, okay, I'm worshiping God and God's probably looking down and he's probably like really happy. Right. Like smiling. And so I started doing that. I started praying all day. Like I don't do anything else, but just walk around, pray and worship and read the Bible for an entire month. And after that trip, I was like, um, I didn't have any of like the demons that I was battling anymore. Like I didn't have to have any kind of therapy, nothing. Like I didn't take medication it's crazy like everything just went away i had this like crazy peace in my heart 
And from that point on, it's just like, I haven't struggled with that kind of stuff anymore. Um, I don't smoke anymore. I don't do any of that. I don't really party at all. Um, I had this like kind of focus and a different perspective on um, how I view Jesus than how I did before. So before I was like, um, like let's say involving sin, right? It's like before it was like, okay, don't sin because Jesus says don't sin. You know, he says it's right. bad to sin. And so that made it really hard for me not to sin because there was nothing inside of me that was like, I shouldn't sin. It was just like, okay, I shouldn't sin because Jesus is telling me not to sin, you know? Right. Um, but then it became like, the more I started praising, the more I started reading and praying, it became, I started becoming more in tune with like um, the Holy Spirit, you know? I had all this stuff holding me back and it, it hardened my heart. My, so, my heart softened. I became more in tune with the Holy Spirit. And from there, I started loving Jesus for the first time, you know, like loving Jesus. And you know, when you love someone, like you're married, right? right. Like when you love someone, whatever hurts them hurts you, you know? Right. And so in my head, like the more I started loving Jesus, it's like when I sin, like I'm hurting Jesus, you know, like he did all this stuff so that I'm broken from the bondage of sin Amen. and I'm still blatantly sinning while professing that he's my savior. Like that's not right. You know? So the more I started loving him, the more I started like um, becoming closer with him, becoming more intimate. It's like, it hurt me now to sin because I know the price of that sin, you know? Right. And so that was like my mindset shift. And so now moving forward, it's, it's my Christianity. My faith is not about like feelings, right? Because if it's about my feelings, um, it's like very fickle, like the wind. Like if I have strong feelings, I'll be strong with my faith. If I have, if I'm not feeling it, then like whatever, I'll blow it off. Like, I don't think that's a good way to live. You know, I need to be grounded. So right now moving forward, it's more of just like, you know, being um, very intentional with like reading my word every day, no matter if I don't want to do it or not, you know, praying every day. Um, I have a routine for myself and, you know, just everything that I do, just do my best to like understand that the end goal is to glorify God, you know? Right. The end goal is not for my own glory, not my own comfort, whatever. And so, you know, it's hard, especially when you start making some money. It's like you sometimes forget about little things, you know, and it takes some sort of like rebuking to like put you back to like focus on what's important. But that's where I am now, you know? Yeah, because, um, you know, everybody turns to God when times are hard. How many people turn to God when times are good? Exactly. It's it's yeah. so easy to forget. And you're guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Probably most people listening to this, if not all of them, is guilty of that. Yeah. And it's easy to forget. I mean, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, about three weeks ago, I didn't, I didn't read my Bible or pray or anything for an entire day. And it just slipped my mind. I was doing this, doing this, and doing this. And it dawned on me the next morning. And, you know, I felt so bad about missing all that. And, uh, yeah. It's, you it's, you feel it. And, like, like, you might not realize that's the reason why, like, you're really struggling. Right. But it, it changes your whole life just doing those things every day, you know? Oh, I can't start my day without prayer. 
I mean, it's when I do, you're right. It's a completely different mindset I have the entire day. Love that. But uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, go ahead. I I know I kind of talk about a lot of different things, so I'm just going to distill my testimony right here. I'm going to summarize it for you, you know. So basically, I grew up in the church. Um, I had this idea of God and Christianity, but it was kind of just like a very ideal Christianity because I hadn't gone through any hardships. And it wasn't until college where basically I was really tested um, through promises of just like comfort and like networking and all that kind of stuff that like kind of distracts you. It's like um, everyone kept telling me to get ahead, get ahead. You need to get a job. You need to do all this stuff. And it's like, yes, those things are important but they were distracting me from like my ultimate focus, you know? And so I had all this hard time in college and that's when um, coincidentally I went on that missions trip. I didn't want to, but I did. And my entire life changed after that, you know? And they say like, um, you should be a new person, you know, when you truly have Christ in your heart. And I actually experienced that. Like I didn't, I knew that before, um, but I didn't know it until it actually happened for me, you know? Right. So now I'm just moving forward. I'm trying to get better every day, you know? Times are changing fast, and so it's hard to adapt, but I keep telling myself just focus on the one thing that doesn't change, you know? Everything's going to be okay. That's awesome. So um, how's – How's your copying of Romans going? Um, I'm on Romans 8, I think. And are you doing it in Korean also? <laughs> I am not doing it in Korean. It's hard enough in English. Like my, I, I don't really write anymore because I'm just typing these days, you know? And so my hand's cramping like crazy. Like I have it, to take breaks. Cause it's just, it, didn't you tell me one time your grandma did it, your grandma did it in Korean? The entire Bible, like. I think like six to eight times. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Like when I think about, oh, when I have time on my hands, like what do I do? Like I think about, oh, I'm going to read a book to like gain more knowledge about like marketing or like whatever. And like her, her, the only thing she ever does when she has time is like read and pray and sing by herself. And I'm just like, that is crazy. You know, isn't that amazing there? That's amazing. And like, my dad's always telling me, it didn't hit me till recently. My dad's always telling me like every night she prays for our family for three hours straight every night. And like, you know, like just knowing that, like that should, that should give you so much confidence. Like you have a prayer warrior, like, like just having your back without you even knowing it, you know? And I didn't, I was just like, okay, cool. She's praying for me. That's great. But like, it didn't hit me till like pretty recently. I was like, that is incredible. Like I can't even sit down. It's hard for me to sit down and pray for like 30 minutes to an hour. You right. know? And she's just like every single night. And I'm just like, that's, that's incredible. And, and, you know, I've only done it maybe, maybe twice to actually be able to pray for a long period like that. It, it is hard. It's such a hard habit to get into. And uh, last time I did it, um, I fell asleep. <laughs> um I was, I don't know, I think I probably made it to one in the morning, started at nine, ten o'clock that night, and it freaked my wife out because I snore in my sleep. 
And she said she woke up about three in the morning and realized she didn't hear me snoring. And she couldn't hear me breathing. And she jumped up and she seen me at the foot of the bed. I'm, I'm still on my knees, but I'm laid over the mattress and my face <laughs> was buried in the mattress. And she thought I was dead. It's like she freaked out. Next thing I know, I'm getting woke up by getting my head slung back by my wife. And, and uh, so that's a, it's a hard thing to do. You know, we did, yeah. I did, did all night prayer meeting last, last year at my church. And, uh, and come 5 a.m., I was hurting. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I admire people like her that can daily sit down and develop uh, A prayer tip for anyone listening who might have a hard time praying, something that I've experienced myself um, is the best way I actually got better at praying is to practice praying out loud, you know? Say it out loud. Because, like, when I pray in my head – it goes by so fast. Like, it's just a bunch of thoughts, right? Right. And it's just like, when you say it out loud, you have to actually flesh out what you mean, you know? And you realize, like, after, like, 30 seconds, you got nothing to pray about. And it's like, that's not right. You know, there's so many things to pray about, you know? Right. And so the more you just say it out loud, you just become comfortable. And then, um, like, my dad told me, like, yeah, when you're first starting out, you're just going to be sitting there sometimes for, like, five minutes not knowing what to say but you know if you just sit there and just stay there something's going to come to you and you're going to keep praying you know like there is never going to be a time where you run out of things to pray and so for me the thing that worked best to help my prayer life is you know just pray out loud it's going to be real weird and real tough at first but i think it's real helpful oh yeah that's a great tip and one i've never thought about i, I do pray out loud um but sometimes when you pray out loud and you hear yourself talk you start to realize that maybe what I'm praying for is selfish or maybe, you know, this exactly. is probably not going to be the will of God. It, it it comes to you easier when you hear yourself saying the words. Yeah. And for me, it's weird because like when I pray out loud, it feels like I'm more committed to praying. You right. Know? Um, even though it's something just simple as like just talking out loud, like it feels like you just committed a lot more than to just closing your eyes and just praying in your head. You know, and so you take it more seriously. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Um, so you got anything else you'd like to add? We are thirty-seven minutes into the to the recording. <laughs> I can talk yeah. forever, you know. <laughs> um, now, if you got more to say, by all means. I don't have a whole lot to say, but and, and yeah, is there anything you want to know? So. Um, where are you at now? Is there any ministry that you're a part of, or is there anything you do now to, to help others or to work for Christ? You, know, you talked about your missions trip when you were younger. Yeah. So my family is actually very missions oriented. Um, like we believe that missions is probably the most important thing, you know, it's too bad um, y'all don't live in South Mississippi. <laughs> we, yeah, my, like my, my church we support I think 243 missionaries that is awesome we are, we are mission minded our, our church congregation is small we have a really large church and um, but if you ever talk to my pastor he'll tell you his goal 
is to take the men in the church. I mean, this guy's a plumber, this guy's an electrician, this guy bags groceries, whatever. He wants those men to become preachers. He wants them to become yeah. missionaries. He wants them yeah. to become pastors. So our church, like our congregation will get large, then it'll get small. And a lot of times it's men going out to preach at this church or they change and go to this church because this church is struggling. Or So we do a lot of that, but we have missionaries all over the world. And um, we're pretty much always broke as a church too because we send so much money outside of the country. Um, That's a good problem. Yeah. That's a good problem. So yeah, you said that and that kind of kind of lit up for me because that's a that's a very big thing for us as missions. Yeah. I mean I'm a very logical person, you know. And so to me, like um if our goal, our mission as like human beings is like to get everyone on this earth worshiping and glorifying God, right? Right. Then missions has to be important, you know. And there's a lot of people who are like either uh, more heavily towards like pastoring, right? Or more heavily favoring missions. Like that's all important, you know, you can't have one or the other. Well, we're all missionaries. If if you're a Christian, you're a missionary. You know, when you, when you talk to your neighbor, you're doing missions work. You don't, you don't have to be in China or the Philippines or, or Africa. To, to be a missionary, you know, it's, it's as simple as knocking on your neighbor's door. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I really like it. You know, uh, my dad, he's, he goes on like short term mission trips overseas, like at least three, three times a year, maybe four, you know, um, he's the head of the missions department at our church. So it's, our family is very mission minded, you know, um, I'm actually helping pro bono, like, um, this missions agency overseas with like their marketing, you know, because they do a lot of business as missions where they have a lot of businesses overseas and the businesses are owned by Christians. Right. And so their strategy is like, okay, we're in these non-Christian areas. How can we generate, money to help christian causes in our area and so you have all these christians who start these businesses but the businesses need help because like these guys are like all missionaries like right they're not business minded they don't know a whole lot about that and so um i'm working with my dad to help them out um that's awesome because it's good like those guys need to stay funded you know right like it's not about them making a lot of money it's about them making money so that they can achieve what they want to achieve right. for God's kingdom, you know? Yeah. There's in my pastor says it all the time. There's, there should never be a rich pastor. There should yeah. never be a rich missionary. I mean, that's not why you're in that job field. You're in that job to give. That's right. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, our, our pastor, he, uh, he, uh, he owns rental property. So he actually tithes his entire salary back to the church every month. That so, is awesome. Uh, you know, it's uh way more than his 10%. Mm. But uh all that money goes into missions. He he has his, you know. So so once again same thing. But yeah, there shouldn't be rich pastors, there shouldn't be rich missionaries. So like you were saying, you know, these guys just need to make money so that they can continue doing what they're doing. 100%. And it's interesting because my dad actually brought up 
because of this whole Corona thing, you know, there's a lot of churches that are going to die. Yeah. Because a lot of churches are not receiving offering during this time. They're not receiving tithes and they don't have enough money saved up, especially smaller churches. Like they don't have enough money saved up to like keep going, you right. know? And so it's going to be a really difficult time for churches. Um, people are not coming in. So it's a lot harder to get offerings and donations and stuff electronically. Right. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting time. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's been interesting. My wife is secretary in office at our church and, uh, she told me yesterday, she's like, you know, ties just dropped in the past week. Um, but amazingly, okay. So Sunday, um, he's still doing Sunday morning service. He's, he's, uh, live streaming it, but he does it from the sanctuary. Right. And I'm on the security team at church. I'm one of the head guys on the security team. So I go every Sunday with him just to pull security. But I'm also like uh, the drive through usher. So I will, I got to give the people credit in my church. We had probably seven people drove up to the church Sunday during service just to hand us their tithes and, and left. So that, that was pretty awesome. It kind of warmed my heart to, to see that. That is awesome. That is awesome. Like, I'm pretty sure our church has like, I want to say a couple thousand members. It's pretty big. But the amount of like offering and tithe that they got was like less than a thousand dollars, you know? Wow. Which is alarming. But if that's happening to our church, which is like a bigger church, like I can't imagine like smaller right. churches, you know, um, it's, it's just as human nature. It's just a lot harder to give when you have less, you know, if you're not used right. to giving, if you're not used to giving, if you're not used to being generous, like it's just, it's hard because you're thinking about like, I got to provide for my family. I got I got all these expenses. And, and, and that's and that's where faith has to come into play. At. I mean, look yeah, at the. I can't, I can't blame these people for not tithing. You know, I can't. I can't be like mad about that. You know, I, I understand. So it's it is where faith comes in. You know. Yeah, and, and you know, look at the lady at the temple. She gave her penny. She gave more than anybody there because she gave all she all that she had. Yep. So I mean, and that it, woman it, who, the woman who washed Jesus' feet with the perfume. You know. Yeah. You know, when disciples are worried, not selling us and giving it to the poor. But um, it, it it takes faith. And, you know, Matthew 7, me and Kyle on uh, Trails to the Cross covered 5, 6, and 7 a few weeks ago. And that was one of the lessons, you know, Jesus was talking about, you know, the birds in the field and the flowers in the field. And, you know, God provides for all these. And how much greater are we than they? And, yeah. Uh, it, it it's hard, but it's a lesson that um, I, I think this whole thing is going to be a, a test of faith for a lot of people. But you're really going to see where a lot of people's faith are at. I also think it's going to be a time when people are going to come to faith, you know? I hope so. Because, you know, it's the darkest times is when the light shines the brightest, you know? That's right. And, and that's the reason I chose now to start doing this podcast again is to get people's stories out to to maybe someone that's not a believer and um you know a lot of times our lives is the greatest witness we can have to anybody amen so that's what i'm hoping to do with you and, and others i got lined up is use y'all's testimonies to help reach out to people who really need it yeah i mean it's 
I, I'm not going to lie. It's hard being a Christian in certain like climates, especially in like Southern California, you know. Um, I had someone tell me actually, um, I was like, oh, it's, it's hard being a Christian um, because I'm in Southern California and there's not a lot going around me that's like very faith-based, you know. Right. Like there's all these secular distractions around me. Um, the climate's very secular. The governments are all very progressive, you know. And so I said that and so, someone resp- responded to me and they're like, what do you mean? It's not hard if you're a strong man, you know, like, and in my head, I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure like even strong men, like they'll struggle, right? you know, and it's how you respond to that. Like, there's nothing wrong with admitting that something is hard. And so anyone who listens to this, like, if you're struggling, completely normal. Everyone struggles, you know, it's how you respond to that adversity. And so, amen. yeah. Um, if I could do it, you know, anyone could do it. That's what I tell people. Like I have friends in college after I graduated was when after I, I really changed. Right. And I have friends that said like, you are like, I don't know you anymore. Like you're completely different, you know, in a good way. They're like, I, I never thought they kind of like joke about this. It might be offensive to some people, but to me, I don't take it. I take it as a compliment. They're like, they look at me and they're like, now I truly know if you changed, anyone could change, you know? And I was like, right. Oh, okay. You know, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, and it's really true. Like there is nothing like in this world that like Christ hasn't overcome, you know? That's right. And there is nothing um, in this world that you can't overcome with him, you know? And so, it doesn't matter like what things you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what things you're doing now, what you're doing in the future, you know, like all that can be um, like forgiven, you know, a lot of people live with this like guilt and it holds them back. Um, but the problem with guilt is that you lose sight of the cross, you know, right. It's like, you're, that's too inward focused. It's like, Oh, I'm so bad. Oh, I'm so bad. I'll never be good. I'm so dirty. I don't deserve this. Like, right. Yeah, we don't deserve it, but we got it, you know? That's why it's a gift. Yeah, I, I use the hockey the more... term penalty box. People put themselves <laughs> in the penalty box. You know, how many how many people, and you, you, I've done it, and you've probably done it. You, know, you sin, and you commit a sin, and you know it's a sin, and you immediately, like, like I can't talk, I can't talk to God. I just, look what I just did. And yeah, exactly. that's, that, that's that penalty box mentality that people have to, I have to force myself sometimes to get on my knees and like, God, I know what I just did was wrong, and... <laughs> I'm so sorry, and but uh, you know I think that's uh I think that's uh, part of proof that that you are saved. You know, people ask me how do I know, and I'm like yeah. that's one of them. When I do sin, you know that conviction that hits you, and that guilt yeah. and that shame. And if you if you went and saved, that sin wouldn't bother you, or at least not Amen. as much. Like I have a story from my freshman year of college. Um, I actually brought someone to church with me who hadn't been going for a long time. Right. Um, and when she was there, like she was crying and all this stuff during worship, because these are all songs that she used to worship back in the day. And she felt all this nostalgia, but she felt something deeper inside of her. Right. She's crying while she's worshiping. Um, she hasn't been to church in years. 
And so it's just reminding her of a lot of stuff. And um, after church, she was like, wow, like that was an incredible experience. And I was like asking her how she felt, right? And she said, I still can't go to church, you know? And I was like, I was really shocked because she had this experience, but then she didn't want to go after that, right? So I was like trying to understand her. And she's like, when I go to church, I feel dirty. I feel too dirty because I feel like I don't belong there, right? And so um, I had to remind her like, hey, I don't care what anyone in church says, like nobody there is completely like clean, you know? Like they're not, apart from Jesus, they have no righteousness, you know? I don't care what they look like outwardly, whatever, you know, we're all broken. We're all sinners. Like, don't feel inferior or dirty because you're not, you know? Like the church is the place for the broken and the sick, you know? It's not the place for like the people who are perfect because no one's perfect. Um, And it's just like, I told her like, hey, if you're feeling that way, I think that's even more of a reason to come, you know? She didn't come after that, you know? (laughs) She didn't come after that talk, but you know, I've gone to church with her a couple times recently, um, which is like four or five years after. Um, and she's a lot more open to it. But yeah, just want to like let people know, like you're not too dirty to come before the cross, you know? Like, I don't want you to feel shame or guilt because that's exactly what Jesus is there for. And everyone's journey is going to look different. It's going to take a different amount of time. Um, if you have a friend who's struggling and you're getting frustrated because they're not where you want them to be, like, just keep loving on them. Keep praying for them because that time period might be different for them, you know? Right. I not see things exactly the way you do, you know? So. That's awesome. And that's, and there's so many people like, like your friend and, and I've met them like that. You know, I just, I can't bring myself to, to come to church and face God. Like that's that's when you need to come the most is when you know you have that need for it. And they're great people. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. All right, Michael, we're going to wrap this up. If you have any final thoughts uh, that you'd like to share or if you, uh, I just hope everyone's, everyone's doing okay. Um, I'm always open for prayer requests. So hit me in my DMS if you need. Yeah. And uh, where can they find you at? on twitter at pack yeah. underscore michael or p-a-i-k Instagram underscore or michael anywhere else yeah. you want to share um twitter twitter is probably the best i try to stay off instagram too much visuals going on you know like i don't want to come across something crazy <laughs> <laughs> i'll just get mad i'm learning instagram i have no clue how to work facebook i haven't used facebook and <laughs> haven't used facebook in eight years nine years yeah, Facebook. So, they're all so different. Yeah. I mean, I have a Facebook for my business. That's the only reason I have it, and I have no idea how it works. But uh, <laughs> we could talk about that. <laughs> I don't know if I care to learn, to be honest. <laughs> all right, man. Well, it was good having you on, and uh, yeah, it was good talking to you. You know, I, I I pray that that the Lord opens anybody's hearts to what you what you've had to say, your stories, your testimony. And uh, I'll be praying for y'all out there in California. Please do. Please do. Maybe we can get you uh, 
Maybe for too long, you'll be a little more like Mississippi with some uh, some more freedoms than what you got at the moment. When I can travel, you know, I'm headed out there. Hey, uh, we'll, we'll be glad to have you. I got a room for you. All good. All right, man. We will talk to you later. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, be blessed, buddy. All right, you too.